Did you know that an exorcism takes place at the baptism of your child? What does it mean to engage in the spiritual battle as Catholic families? In today's episode, we begin a two-part conversation with Father John Mary Bolin from the Diocese of Tyler on the spiritual battle. What does that mean? And specifically, the role as parents in protecting our children from the evil one. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Welcome to another episode. We are so excited to have a special guest today, Father John Mary Bolin from the Diocese of Tyler. How are you, Father? I don't know. It's not. It's too early yet to tell. <laughs> Come on, Father. We got this. Yes. So um, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? You've been on the podcast before a couple of times, I think, but tell us who you are, what you do. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> do we have time for that? No, we don't. Uh, so I'm the parish priest in uh, Gun Barrel City. Uh, the best city name in Texas, um, and at the the parish of St. Jude's, and I've been there for going on five years now. Nice. So, and going nice. on eleven years as a priest of the Diocese of Tyler. Congratulations, congratulations, Father Bolin is a dear friend. He's my husband's best friend, and godfather to two of my children. So, it is always really fun to to have conversations with you. Um, Mickey is missing today, but she'll be back on other episodes, I promise. Uh, but today we are focusing in on spiritual warfare, which can feel like kind of a it can kind of be an uncomfortable topic, at least oh, yeah. for me sometimes, because it's for me, it's something where I know that it's a real thing, but I don't know how much I'm supposed to think about it or mm-hmm. obsess about it. Or And that's really the key issue right there is how much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the boundaries? So we're actually going to have a two part conversation. Um, and this first piece, really thinking about prevention when it comes to spiritual warfare. And then in our part two episode, thinking of the cure, like how do we, um, yeah, how do we address uh, the the brokenness? Um, what do we do when this is something that's active in family life? Uh, but for this first half, just really thinking about defining our terms right. and knowing what spiritual warfare is and isn't, and what are we as families supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So let's start there. Spiritual warfare, what is it? Well, so the we we classically speak about uh, the enemies of our salvation being the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so the spiritual combat is how we contend against uh, the the world as in that is the worldlings, people who are are living only for this life and the pressure that they exert on us. Uh, the flesh is not our bodies because those are created by God and good, but the uh, the tendencies of the flesh when they try to override the spirit. And of course, the devil and his minions, who uh, and those in league with them, who attack us spiritually. Um, and I think that uh, all of that needs to be addressed. They're all part of the same. They're all connected because they're all again the enemies of our salvation, and they work together in, in a lot of ways. Um, what I want to do, though, is let's start with something that you all requested, uh, and that is uh, because I think the like the tagline to this was there is a there is a exorcism in the rite of baptism 
why. Exactly. Right? So, and that's a very legitimate question. And also, I think it's really at the heart of the issue, because really what it comes down to is the the spiritual combat, and you talked about focus and how much attention. Well, that's the problem is we don't focus on the spiritual combat. Mm-hmm. We focus on Jesus Christ Amen. and our relationship with him in the church, with the saints and everybody, right? The spiritual combat requires attention because we're in it, but it's not the focus. But, you know, there, there's always extremes with errors, right? So right. there's you can either focus too much on it, like many people do, that all they do is listen to uh, exorcist podcasts, right? Um, but then you also have this very modernist tendency, which we'll talk about in just a second, of ignoring the devil. Like he's not mm-hmm. really a, a, a creature. He's not that real. Is a, it is not yeah. actually out, you know. And so uh, like all the evil is just inside us. And there's plenty of evil inside us, right. but to ignore the devil is also foolish. So it's, 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 uh, it's it, we have to have that virtuous balance in the middle. So, so the question that again precipitated all this was the right of exorcism. Well, I want to uh, I want to first uh, say something which I'm not going to give a lot of time to because I don't want to go into the controversy. Okay. But there is the traditional right of baptism, and then there's the modern right of baptism. That's another podcast episode. Exactly, <laughs> and I I don't have the expertise to analyze them, but I do want to share. Uh, so there is a, an exorcism. So in the modern right. The, uh, the priest says, Almighty, ever-living God, who sent your Son into the world to drive out from us the power of Satan, the spirit of evil, so that's good, we, got, we recognize that, and bring the human race rescued from darkness into the marvelous kingdom of your light, we humbly beseech you to free these children from original sin, to make them a temple of your glory, and to grant that your Holy Spirit may dwell in them. Now, again, I'm not an expert. But I didn't hear a single thing there saying, Satan, get the hell out. Right. There's nothing in there that's actually, you know, so, and you can say, well, it does, it references that. There's, there's mm-hmm. you know, Satan, well, so that's, that's in the right. Now, in the, in the appendix, you have another prayer of exorcism, which is the one when I do the modern right, I prefer, mm-hmm. because this says, it speaks to imprisoned in slavery to sin. Mm-hmm. That's going to be important in a second. Uh, we pray most humbly for these children who we, you know will experience the allurements of this world, so there's the world, and will fight against the snares of the devil. Deliver them now from the stain of original sin, strengthen them with grace, and guard them always. Again, there's no actual exorcism. Again, I'm not an expert, I'm not an exorcist, but it, mm-hmm. it seems to me that when you're doing an exorcism, at some point you actually have to tell the devil to leave. Mm-hmm. All right? So now... With that in mind, I'm just, there, there are several exorcisms in the traditional rite. I'm just going to read one of them to make the point. Okay. I exorcise you, unclean spirit, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Come forth, depart from the servant of God, you name the child, for he commands you a cursed and damned spirit, he who walked upon the sea and extended his right hand to Peter as he was sinking. He'll appreciate that with the outside the boat, right? Therefore, a cursed devil, acknowledge your condemnation and pay homage to the true and living God. Pay homage to Jesus Christ, his Son, and to the Holy Spirit, and depart from the servant of God, name the child, for Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, has called him or her to his holy grace and blessing and to the font of baptism. Now, which one of those sounds like an exorcism? <laughs> right, that second okay. one is pretty intense. All right. So what's the point here? And this goes back to the question of focus. What should we be mm-hmm. focusing on? Uh, I have a, a T-shirt uh, that is probably quoting a saint, but I'm not positive. Basically, the T-shirt uh, says, 
uh, you will either serve Christ or the devil. There is no third. Right. Right. And then that's really the point here. The point is, is that, and this is, this is Catholic theology. Like this is dogma. Um, but don't ask me to quote where, uh, it's what I have books for. You're ordained. We trust you. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Please don't do that. Just cause I'm ordained. Um, that when we are in original sin, we are, we are conceived under the dominion of Satan. Mm. We're conceived under the dominion of Satan. And so while you don't want to use fear as a motivator all the time, right. that's one of the reasons you baptize your children as quickly as possible. Because it's not until you're baptized that you come out from under the dominion of Christ. And, and the modern right does mention this as well, like into the kingdom of your beloved son. And right. that doesn't happen until baptism. Mm. And so until you do that, you are giving Satan reign over your child. Mm, that's intense language. It's, that's really intense It is. Yeah. And if you take God and the devil seriously, mm -hmm. that should be a real motivation. I mean, right. that's where the, so the spiritual combat, I mean, begins right there with the baptism, the fact that you should baptize your children as soon as possible. And as I always tell people, you have at least eight months notice. Right. You, this is not like right. it's a surprise in most cases. You know, how many days did we, was it before we, uh, we baptized Alexandria? Oh, it was like three days. Three days, yeah. right? Because we had a general idea, although right. you were being stubborn. Right. <laughs> but it works. I think what's coming to mind for me when you say that is we know that we're, and the language that we tend to hear is that we're born with the stain of original sin. And then I think we kind of leave it there. Like, Oh yeah, I have the stain of original sin and I'm just going to wash it away. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is a lot more intense than that because it really, it, I think it engages in that spiritual battle mindset of we need to have this child claimed for Christ as quickly as possible. And I guess like for parents who might struggle with that idea of like, well, you know, yes, we're going to baptize, but surely it's not that much of an emergency. I mean, I think what you're saying is, is really putting an urgency to that, but I guess what is the, the encouragement or like you were saying before, like we, we don't want to use fear as a tactic because that's very strong language. Um, you know, saying, you know, that, that I can't even remember what you just said, but like Satan has access to we, under the dominion, under the dominion. Like that's who, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's intense. <clears throat> so I guess like, what do we do with that as parents or for a parent who's like, oh man, those two weeks that are between the time that my child was born and the time that we baptize, like, what am I supposed to do during those two weeks? Or if it's longer than that, right. um, for whatever, like logistically and not because, you know, you're being lazy, but the priest is being know, difficult. Right. It does happen. Right. Yeah. Or just accessibility to right. the church. Um, cause I don't want people to feel like, Oh my gosh, I had to wait two and a half months and my child is under the dominion of Satan. Like that's not what we want to focus on of course, but yeah. What encouragement can you offer? What's Ooh, the positive here? The positive? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the positive is, is that, um, I mean, most people, at least in our circumstances, most people who are going to listen to this podcast, most people in my parish, they are not in those circumstances, right? Um, it, what, when, I, when I say what I say, I'm not saying it for you to panic again, because we don't want to yeah. fear, right. okay? Right. But the, the fact is, is that, you know, is two weeks going to make a big difference? Probably not. But let's face it, how many children are baptized like on their first birthday mm. or until, you know, the grandparents can come from another country or like there's yeah. a lot of like there's a lot of sentiment right. and it's not really loving the child. Mm. 
It's not really mm. caring for the child yeah. because that's what baptism is really about. It's you're loving your child and doing what's best for your child. Right, right. And it puts a sense of urgency there because, again, I think we, we tend to think in more of these like vacation Bible school terms, like not hating on VBS at all, but the stain of original sin is being washed away, which is serious, but there is a weight behind that that is so much bigger than I think we as Catholic parents Realize. Well, and I also think people, what people don't realize for original sin, and I, we definitely not going down this rabbit hole, but it, it's an important point, is that original sin is not just a stain, it's a disposition. Mm. It's an enmity, mm-hmm. right? We as humans are removed ourselves, thanks to Adam, from God's dominion, and, and God is constantly drawing us back. I mean, he does throughout the Old Testament, failed miserably. He calls it, you know, in Christ, he he baptizes, brings us into the church, and yet we still refuse him, you know, but he's right. still calling us back, and he always wants to reconcile. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So as, as parents who have baptized our children, mm-hmm. the exorcism has taken place. What is the next step? Because it's not enough to just have our children baptized and then enroll them in CCD or, you know, whatever faith formation classes. Because there's a couple of years between those two events. About five years. And there's a lot of formative time there. Exactly. So when we talk about spiritual warfare, engaging Mm -hmm. in the spiritual battle as families, um, between the time that our child is, is baptized and then they continue to receive other sacraments or just in family life in general, mm-hmm. what does that look like? So, and this is where the dynamic of when we were talking about setting up this podcast came, comes in and we talked about prevention. And this is going to seem really uh, sappy, especially coming from me, but really the issue is love them. Mm. And I'll, I'll unpack that for a second. And what I'm realizing you know, in my own life, in my ministry, my, my, my friendships and people that I encounter all the time, is <clears throat> the devil has to have something to work with, mm. right? Um, the devil wants to disrupt all that is good and holy and ultimately loving, right? And, and really what happens is, is the devil will, at, the devil has a foothold in our lives wherever there is a lack of love. Mm. And so, and to, to, to add one more point to that before we go on is, uh, as I'm listening to the, the, the work uh, uh, in the Restore the Glory podcast and all that, one of the points they always come back to is that ultimately a wound is caused when there is a lack of love. Mm-hmm. So, where, so it, I mean, it all ties together very beautifully. So the, a failure to love is how you know, we define sin. Of course, there's lots of definitions of sin. They're all they're all legitimate, but but one of them is it's a failure to love because mm-hmm. God's law is love. So whenever we fail to love, we are wounding, and in those wounds is when the devil gets a foothold and he can enter. And so uh, we need to love. Now, obviously, what love is is completely diluted and distorted in in our day. Again, the work of the devil because he wants to do everything he can against love, but I guess the point for a parent, um, and hopefully this will not be, uh, I will not hopefully not be continuing with heavy statements, but this one is heavy. Um, Our children, whether they be our biological children or our spiritual children, learn what God is like from their parents. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what? So when we do not love our children, even with the best intentions, and we all fail as parents. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When we do not love, <laughs> we are teaching our children that God is not love. Mm. You're dropping all the heavy stuff today. Well, you're the one who invited me here to talk about <laughs> spiritual combat. <laughs> but seriously, this is in in dealing with with my own weaknesses mm-hmm. and with wound my own wounds and dealing with other people in 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 spiritual counseling and in confession, all that. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to that failure to love. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I have to be careful the way I preach, and I'm, I'm, I have to. I'm working on purifying that slowly with the grace of God, because you don't want to. I mean, I don't. I don't preach anything false, please God. Right. But the way I come across, you have to purify that, because when you, or when I just, or when I'm impatient, or whatever it is, right? You know, um, we have to show God's love and mercy to our children. Now, we also have to be firm, right? Because I can hear, I can already hear the people screaming as they're listening to the podcast. But they need discipline, right. yes. and they're absolutely right. Mercy please, God, justice. please yep. discipline your children, yes. especially during mass and especially while I'm preaching. Um, Another podcast, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to work that. We're going to hash that one out. But, but we have to, we have to love our children, mm. um, to be patient with our children. Uh, to discipline them, to teach them uh, respect and responsibility, yep. um, to teach them to have a relationship with God. You know, the, the parents who um, wait to pray with their children mm. until they're, they teach their, they're taught their prayers in catechism, like, I should not be doing this. Like, this is right. not, our catechism programs should not be teaching your child to pray. Right. Your three-year-old right. should know the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Right. Right. And I know many of them who do, so I yeah. know it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. What you're saying is I think it's bringing so much more weight to when we talk about like domestic church and we've had episodes on domestic church and the role of the parents, but it really does bring um, more emphasis to like how how reliant on the grace of God that that we have to be as parents, how important the sacrament of marriage is as parents, that that's where we receive the grace to be able to teach our children these things, to love our children well, and like the urgency of of teaching the faith to them, like from the moment that they're born, all, all for the rest of their lives. Like we can't, it, it can't be something where it's like, well, I baptized them and now I'm going to wait a few years before I start taking them to mass or I baptize them and now we're going to enroll them in CCD. And again, like this is not meant to be a, um, a criticism or like, or maybe it is an invitation or a challenge to parents to just think about, you know, how are we actively seeking to engage in the spiritual battle with our families. Cause it, I think when we hear terms like spiritual warfare, like for me, that term sounds a lot more distant. Like I'm not going to have an exorcism done at my house anytime soon. Cause we're fine. But when we talk about spiritual battle, like that's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Like when I lose my patience with my kids, like mm-hmm. this is a spiritual battle. It's a failure to love, but oh man, what the, like the hope that we have as parents and praise God for confession mm-hmm. and that we have priests that make themselves available constantly because I think it's easy to focus. I think, especially as moms, it's really easy to focus on what am I not doing? What am I not doing well? And am I going to fail my children? Are my children going to leave the faith because I didn't do something when ultimately like we have to surrender that to the father, but I have to receive what I need from God in order to live my vocation well. Well, and you said from the Father there, and that's really important. If you look at um, 
So spiritual combat is not just exorcisms, right? And spiritual combat is not just, you know, the, the sensational things. Um, look at Genesis. Uh, as I, I always say, um, I think most of the problems in the modern church are because of a denial of Genesis 1 through 3. Mm. Like everything is summarized in those three chapters. And I'll, I'll keep saying it because I keep emphasizing it. You know, you cannot understand Jesus Christ and salvation if you do not understand the first three chapters of Genesis. And not just the fall, like the creation. And so let's, so, and that's the whole point is, look at the temptation. What is the first thing that the devil does? The devil does not start with, hey, you should go eat from that tree because I know you're not supposed to. Right. And so you can go to hell. No, right. the devil starts with undermining her relationship with oh, God yeah. and yeah. her love, her trusting yeah. of God as a loving father. Yep. Right. And so that's where I say prevention, right? Mm-hmm. It's the faith is not just a matter of doing certain things. Follow rules. It's yeah. not just following rules. Yeah. There are rules because relationships have rules, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that's that's the first thing right there. And that's why I said, again, we have to love our children because they learn from us what God is like and what the love of God is like. So we we have to show them that as parents so that they have the proper understanding of who God is. Right. And, and so we, therefore, cannot give what we don't have. So we have to have a good relationship, a, a, filial, a loving filial relationship with God the Father, because then we can't share that with our children if we don't can't have give it. What you don't have. So, yeah. so we, we have that relationship. And by the way, it's a lot easier to work on your relationship with God before you start having children. That's very important. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. when people don't practice the faith and come back for the wedding and then you don't see them again until the first child, like it's it's you're not going to get enough sleep anymore for years you're not going to have time to study you're not going to have time to pray like you nothing like nothing is impossible with god father <laughs> don't don't tell me that you've gotten enough sleep in the no, life. no exactly I haven't okay slept in like 8 years <laughs> exactly okay uh so uh yeah what is in the bottle right water yeah I okay promise. <laughs> so uh so so we have to have that relationship and we have to then share that relationship yeah. properly and we have to to form that relationship so again prevention mm-hmm. to to show god's love as parents and to raise our children in that love if we raise our children on phones sorry as i from for the last couple of years i never say the word phone without the word damn before it so <laughs> raising our children on our damn phones instead right. of with the love of god mm. and and i don't just mean like just sitting reading their bible i mean it's right. it just a loving family life so talking yeah. about the, the domestic church and things like that yeah. but then but re- to 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 root them in that love and to root them in 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 the faith because here's the thing when we don't love our children they're going to look for that love elsewhere yes Right. Yes. And this is why, again, going to more pet peeves, like it's more difficult now that we, we live in a society where too many parents give them access to other information. So you've got these people on social media yeah. and all that who who demonstrate love, speak love to mm-hmm. the children, especially in a lot of areas of wounding. They don't get that from their parents. And so who are they going to follow? Mm. They're going to follow all these people. They're going right. to follow their peers or yeah. people at school or in organizations who are going to show them love. Right. And so when you talk about spiritual combat, you're not going to need to call an exorcist for your child. That's of course the extreme case. Right. And that's, uh, we shouldn't even joke that way because I think too many people think of the spiritual combat as only the exorcist as you right. mentioned earlier. It's like, right. no, there are other things, you know, there's minor exorcism, there's, and you know, and all the, all those other aspects to it. But like, you mm-hmm. don't need all of that nearly as much 
when your child is not looking for love in the wrong places. They're not going to the occult. They're not going to all these other things because they've experienced the love of God in their own lives, in their own families. Right. And I know in the second part of our conversation, we're going to talk a little bit about like, well, what do we do once or if a child has, um, has left the faith or is experiencing some of those very grave and serious um, issues. But I guess what's coming to mind for me as you're describing all of this is I think one of the things that Satan does a really good job at is making us think that the little things like loving our children, that it's not enough, that we're not doing enough for our children, but that by loving our children well, that is a firm foundation for the whole spiritual life. Because like you said, this is teaching our children who God is and what the love of the Father is and God's mercy, his justice and his mercy. I think as parents, we have a really unique opportunity to do that. So I guess getting even more practical, like so we want to love our children well, which means we bring them to we bring them into the faith. We baptize them as quickly as possible. We bring them to mass. We pray with them. But are there like specific prayers? Are there specific things that you would recommend that parents are doing with their children on a regular basis? Well, and I'm actually going to divert just a little bit here. I I don't even I mean we're obviously you're talking to a priest on a Catholic podcast, etc. But honestly. Um, that's not usually the failing. You can mm-hmm. have families that do all of that yeah. perfectly. Yeah. That's and then true. you end up with children who go astray. And the reason is, is because they're not hugging them. Mm. I mean, and I, it, it sounds strange. Yeah. Maybe, but, but that's, what's missing. You know, fathers who don't hug their children, especially mm. their sons, mm. you know, um, uh, spending time with them. Yeah. I, I always tell people, and uh, it's a little bit silly, but not completely. You know, if your if your son is interested in Spider Man, then you're interested in Spider Man. <laughs> yep. You, yep. You have now. Yeah. Obviously, yes, you have to guard your children from influences right. and be careful what they're watching right. and, and all that. Is, but but the point is, is that you know when the child is when you let your child get into something like that, they watch a show or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. they're all into Paw Patrol or whatever it is. Right. You know. And they, they bring a toy to you or they show, he's like, you need to be able to say, oh, at least you know who, who the character, are. right, yeah. yeah. Like, and and it, again, it, it might sound silly because it's not, quote, spiritual enough, but but that's it, you know, spending time with your child, you know. And it's not just the father who goes to the recliner and gets the beer and just watches whatever when he comes home. It's like, you know, although that's a huge factor, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And of course, Mickey's husband would talk more to that, you know, but I'm assuming it's come up on the podcast, you know. But there's, you know, the mother who is so anxious for her children that because of her own wounds and her own experiences, she is so controlling that her children are gonna get away from her as quickly as possible and do mm-hmm. everything that she has tried to prevent them from doing. Right, right. You know? So it's it's loving in those senses, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, there's the, the trope of the, you know, the, 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 the parent that doesn't go to the game, right? Now, should they be involved in sports as much as they are? Probably not in most <laughs> cases, but, you know, if they are involved, you know, that's important. They need that love and that affirmation. So, I, yeah, I'm not even talking about, t- you know, teaching the St. Michael prayer. or the, I'm talking about Doesn't hurt, but just yeah. love them, you know. Yeah. Time, talent, and treasure, you know, is, is one of the yeah. things, you know, or the five love languages. Like, there's right. so many ways to to look at how we love uh, instead of just the, um, 
the the one way we think we're loving, mm. right? We need yeah. to look at we need to look at how the other person, what their needs are, and not just what we think we're doing. Right, right. And to be able to, I think one thing that I'm learning as a parent is to see the individuality of each of my children. I mean, you know, our kids, they're all very different. (laughs) They all bring a different energy to the table. They all have their different quirks. But being able to love them well and not in how I think that they should be, but to love and appreciate who they are as individuals, like that... And it takes time and it's and a lot of energy, a lot of energy and a lot of patience. But again, I think that goes back to just the reliance on the sacraments and God's mercy and all this that I don't have to figure all of this out. I don't have to be a child psychologist Mm -hmm. or, you know, to have all of this professional training like God has actually equipped us. And it even says that in the catechism, God has given parents everything that they need to specifically through the grace of the sacrament of marriage to be able to love our children well and to to raise them up in the faith but we have i think we have to be willing to admit how weak we are and how how mm-hmm. much we how much we need jesus so that we can then share him so i, I think I'm, there's something emerging here and i think it would be good to to maybe wrap up with this point is let's let's make let's make a, a distinction here um because i i can hear a listener saying all I need is a sacramental marriage. And oh, everything will yeah. be all right. And we know you and I both know that's com- yeah. that's not right. So let's <laughs> right. not, let's be very clear on <laughs> right. that. Right. No, good catch. So grace builds on nature. Yes. Right. And that's and that's my whole point with actually what I was saying about prevention. Like mm-hmm. if we raise our children just on the natural level well, mm-hmm. then God's grace will be more effective in them. And if we don't raise them well, like I I am absolutely flummoxed because they never told us this in seminary, of course. How much time I spend as a priest teaching parents how to parent. I'd love to just speak about grace, mercy, sin, conversion. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm, I'm teaching. No, don't let you give your child that just because they're throwing a tantrum. You know, it's like, right. So right. it's, uh, so I mean, I'm not contradicting what the catechism is saying or what you're bringing up, but I want right. to make sure that our listeners are very clear. Grace and nature work together. Right. And they, Absolutely. and we have to have both. We need the strength of the grace because we can't do it on our own. Yeah. You know, we can't. Uh, but we need the on the natural level. We need to have received good examples. For those of us who are wounded, we need to to experience that healing because if we don't have it, we can't give it. Exactly, exactly. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what was coming to mind, especially with that last statement. As I I think so so many of us, as especially as millennial parents, we are healing from our own woundedness or seeing where there was a lack in formation from from our parents, and so we have an opportunity to to bring that healing into our relationship with our children. So. Well, this was heavy, but helpful, I hope. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm excited for, for the second half of, of our conversation. Because again, I think we hear terms like exorcism. We hear terms like spiritual battle. And from a practical level for the, the, the average Catholic family sitting in the pew, like just being able to know wh- what do I do with this? Um, but in our second conversation to really start looking at, okay, we are in the spiritual battle. These are the the heavy things that our, our family, our children are dealing with. So what do we do? Because there is always hope, even in mm-hmm. the heaviness and the darkness, there is always hope. But Father, will you close us with prayer? That's very good. Let's commend ourselves and uh, our listeners um, 
uh, to the motherly care of our Blessed Lady as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Joseph. Pray for us. Saint Michael. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.